0: in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit on god amen i wish you all a very happy and blessed hosanna sunday and also the beginning of the holy week may the lord accept our prayers and our offerings during this week and uh, prepare all of us to celebrate a very joyful, blessed, and happy Feast of Resurrection. Tonight, our Bible study from the Book of Psalms, Psalm 3. And this Psalm, as we will see, uh, actually, it's a prophecy about the Passion of Christ, about His death, and also His Resurrection. So it's very suitable to study it today while you are starting the Holy Week. And as you know, on Good Friday, during the burial, when Abuna does the burial, we read, all of us, we read the book of Psalms. Abuna, after he finished the burial, he reads Psalm 1 and then he reads Psalm 2. And then he read Psalm three till the first half of verse five. Why? Because it says I lay down and slept, which about the death and burial of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he stops here, stops after I lay down and slept. Because the resurrection did not happen yet. And the rest of the psalm, I awoke, that's the resurrection. And the law for the Lord sustained me. So that is the resurrection. So, this is the first psalm with a title, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. The first psalm and the second psalm don't have this title. So that is the first psalm, has this title, a son of David. Which means, this son is attributed to David when he fled from Absalom, his son. You can read the story in 2 Samuel chapter 15. You know, Absalom, the son of David, want to take the kingdom from David, his father. And he was able to turn many people, even from the follower of David, against uh, David, his father. And when David felt the conspiracy, he fled, he ran away. So while he was running away from Absalom, his son, he prayed this psalm, Psalm 3. And as I told you, St. Augustine also says, this psalm is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. Going back to David, David is supposed to have composed it when he was obliged to leave Jerusalem weeping Leaving Jerusalem he start to weep. His clothes was rent and Dust upon his head as we read in the book of Samuel David who is deserted by his followers I was I told you Absalom was able to turn even the followers of David against him and one of the people, Shammai, son of Gira, he cursed David while he was leaving uh, Jerusalem. So he was despised by Shama'i, chased for his own crown. He left his crown, the crown of the kingdom, and he was chased by his son. His son wanted to kill him, uh, this ungracious son. Now David turns to whom? He turned to his God making his supplication and confesses his faith in Psalm 3. Although David was running away from his son, but there was no mention of Absalom's name in the psalm. He just put it as general. Lord, how they have increased who troubled me. He did not mention Absalom or Shama'i, or his followers, or a He did not mention anybody. But he did not mention Absalom who was behind all of this by name. Maybe because of his tender feeling of a loving father like David. Even for a rebellious son like Absalom. That's why he thought it is suitable enough to mention those who trouble me in general. Also, although he was running from his son and the affliction and hardships are too many, but we find in this psalm, thanksgiving to God, because he had faith that God will answer his prayer. He knew this from his experience, how God many, many times answered him when he was running from King Saul. He knows very well that God answered the prayer of an afflicted soul. And the, inscri- the inscription that says, a Psalm of David when he ran from uh, his son Absalom, means that the Psalms are not placed in any chronological order, because after this, we have Psalms when he was running from King Saul, which happened in time before running away from King Absalom. So the book of Psalms is not written in a chronological order. Psalm one and two are considered introduction to the whole book of Psalms. Psalm three and four represent the doorway to the book of, book of Psalms. Psalm 3 is a morning psalm. Why? We, we read in it, I lay down and slept, I awoke for the Lord sustained me. That's why in the church we pray it in the first hour of the day. Also, we pray it in the first watch of the midnight hour after the person sleeps, and he walks in the middle of the night to pray the first watch of the midnight hour, so he starts with the psalm. Psalm 4, for example, it's an evening psalm, because uh, at the end, verse 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. That's why we pray it uh, in the prayer for the monks Which is called the veil Which actually Correspond to 9pm But also Psalm 4 we prayed In the first hour Of the Agbaya uh, Probably because in verse 6 We say Lord lift up the light Of your countenance upon us So while we are seeing The sunrise we say Lift up the light of your countenance upon us. Uh, So Psalm 3 is a morning psalm. Psalm 4 is an evening one. Uh, And as I said, Psalm 3 is prayed in the first hour. As we get up in the morning, remember God's protection, in which we say, I laid down and slept, and I arose, for the Lord is he who supported me. It is a short Psalm, eight verses. Uh, Verse one and two speak about the present distress, he's running away from his son. Verses three and four, God, the source of help and protection. Verse five and six, confidence in the midst of danger. The last two verses, seven and eight, prayer for deliverance and blessing on the people. So let's start from verse 1 and 2 David says, Lord How they have increased who trouble me Many are they who rise up against me Many are they who say of me There is no help for him in God Uh, So David, when he chanted this psalm, he was in a great deal of trouble. Not only his son turned against him, but many, those who troubled him increased. His son Absalom started a very successful rebellion against David. And the conspiracy was so strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom and as we read in 2nd Samuel chapter 15 verse 13 that a messenger came to David and told him the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom so the hearts of most of the people in Israel are with Absalom against David and the rebellion was in full progress And gathering strength, so David was astonished to find such a sudden and general riot, so he's asking God how those who trouble me have increased, many are against me, not only the common people but his counselors like Achitophel, Achitophel was a very wise counselor to David now he turned it against David and he is giving counseling to Absalom to turn the kingdom against his father Many of his leaders left David and where was Absalom This reminds us with the word of Nathan the prophet You know when David sinned, committed adultery and murder God sent Nathan to rebuke David and he told him, the sword shall not depart from your house. And now that is the fulfillment of this uh, prophecy, or the words of Nathan, the sword shall not depart from your house. David's situation was so bad, that many like Shimei, son of Gera and others, felt that he was beyond God's help. Many are they who say to me there is no help for me for him in God. So many believed that God forsook David completely and they felt that God is unwilling to help David. Maybe they looked at David's sin, the adultery and murder that and they thought that he deserves all this he does not deserve. The mercies of God These reproaches deeply affected the heart of David He mentions them with that note Which so frequently occurs in the, the book of Psalms But St. Augustine As I told you, he said these psalm are about the Lord Jesus Christ relying on this verse I lay down and slept that is the death and burial of Jesus I awoke this the resurrection for the Lord sustained me so San Augustine said this son is to be understood as in the person of Jesus Christ and also it is more applicable to the passion and resurrection of our Lord yes, They are applicable to the history of David, his flight and running away from his rebellious son. But also, Jesus, during the time of the Passion and Crucifixion, he was speaking to the Father and said, how they have increased to trouble me. The people whom he healed, they cried against him, crucify him, crucify him. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who said of me, there is no help for him in God, as I will explain. Uh, So therefore, uh, when we read, it is clear, when we read the second verse, St. Augustine said, it is clear that if they had had any idea that you would rise again, assuredly, they would not have slain him. If the people believed that, that Jesus would rise on Sunday, they would not say, crucify him, crucify him. But they believed that, that God forsook him, forsook Jesus. Do you remember when he said, ele, ele, many people thought that you know God forsook, the Father forsook the Son, Jesus Christ. And St. Augustine says, this end are those speeches on the cross if we see what the people said to the Lord Jesus Christ they said let him come down from the cross if he is the son of God they challenged him if he is the son of God let him come down from the cross said about Jesus he saved the other himself he cannot save that's why Judas betrayed him but if Judas believed that he would rise from the dead maybe he wouldn't betray him and many people actually said or or their words about Jesus Christ implied there is no salvation for him in his God there is no salvation for him, for Jesus in his God, in the Father What is about the word sila, sila, that is at the end of verse two? You will find it several times, actually in the book of Psalms, it it occurred 74 times. Sila is pause, most people think it speaks of a reflective pause, pause that you reflect on these two words. You meditate, you think about it, deeply think about it. Or if this song was chanted with musical note, so Silah is musical interlude of some kind. Verses 3 and 4. After David was surprised at how many those who are troubling him and how they increased, now he is looking to God and said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. And I imagine one is running away from his son and he doesn't know what would happen but you can see his faith in God his confidence in God that God will deliver him and while others believed that there was no help for David from God but David himself he knew that God was his shield and this wasn't a prayer asking God to fulfill it he didn't didn't say God you you promised me to be my shield please fulfill your promise to me no he did not say this but he made a strong declaration you O Lord are a shield for me many people when they commit sins after they repent Satan cast doubt in their heart that God did not forgive them and God will not support them but David after he committed adultery, and after he committed murder, and after he repented, and Nathan told him, the Lord uh, forgive you, his faith and confidence in God did not change. His confidence in God's love and help was unshakable. He trusted God because of all his great work, throughout his life from his childhood when he killed the lion and the bear was Goliath, with King Saul God always protected and defended David that's why he said you are my glory God is his glory my glory and the one who lifts up my head so God is his glory he took David from the sheepfold As a shepherd and made him king of Israel. God glorified him. God has raised up David to the throne and prospered him in his wars and exalted him above all other kings of that period. So God was well able now, if he that is his will, to restore David to his kingdom. And to reestablish him in his kingdom. David was so king, confident in, in God's mercy. Yes, David now is in disgrace. The crown had fallen from his head. His son was rebellious. People are against him. But he has God for his own inner glory. And honor. David made God his post. He doesn't boast in anything in riches, in prestige, in power. He is boasting in God. So many people they boast in strength, courage, wisdom, riches, honor, but David is boasting in his God. But also these verses we can apply them to Jesus Christ. God the Father is the glory of Christ by supporting him under his suffering by raising him from the dead, by setting him at his own right hand after ascension where he is crowned with glory and honor God elevated David's head when he brought him to the throne and afterward he gave him victory over all his enemies in the same way, God the Father elevated the head of Christ when He raised Him from the dead and exalted Him both with Him and at the right hand to be Prince and a Savior and give Him name above all other name. Verse 4, I cried to the Lord with my voice and He heard me from his holy heaven. So, David is praying earnestly and constantly from the depth of his heart. Either silently, or perhaps he also spoke of the deep anguish of his soul in words. And the Savior, also our Lord Jesus Christ, cried to the Father in the garden of Gethsemane on Friday night the night of Friday. Others said that God wanted nothing to do with David. God forsook David. But David said gloriously, God heard me. I cried with my voice and he heard me. He heard me through his holy help." David was in exile. He left Jerusalem, but his thoughts go back to Jerusalem the holy hill of Zion, the church, and where the ark of God He knows that God dwells between the Sharubim the two Sharubims who are on the cover of the ark of covenant He knows that God will hear him Yes, he is far off in the exile, but God in the temple hears him Or maybe he is referring to the heavenly Jerusalem the dwelling of God's holiness David indeed was a man of prayer He was often heard and answered by God Verse 5 and 6 I lay down and slept I awoke for the Lord sustained me I will not be afraid I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people Who have set themselves against me all around You know when people in anguish or hardship, they, they tell you, I cannot sleep. I cannot sleep. So when David said, I lay down and sleep, it's a symbol of peace. Although these hardships, but he is peaceful. Sleep is a blessing. Because David was under such intense pressure from circumstances of Absalom Zerbinian that sleep might be impossible but David slept securely why? because he cast all his cares and fears upon God he relied upon God when he slept he said I lie down and slept so it was not restless intermittent sleep but total rest David knew that his safety was from the Almighty God not in the armies he who knows that he has God as his protector may go to his bed confident of his God without fearing the edge of the sword without fearing the plans of wicked men nor the influence of the evil spirit that's why he said I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people have set themselves against me all around. Saint Augustine said, the word I, I lie down, the emphasis here, it's about Christ. So, when he said, I lay down and slept, this is very similar to what we read in John chapter 10, no one takes it, my soul, from me, but I lay it down, I lay my soul down of myself, I have power to lay it down, which means to die, I have power to take it again, resurrection. So he said, this is a prophecy, I lay down my soul and slept and I died and I awoke, uh, resurrection and uh, death of our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine says, therefore he says, uh, St. Augustine continue and says, therefore he says, you have not taken me as though against my will, and if, if if the Lord said you have taken me, it will sound like against His own will. But when He says I lay down, which means by His own will He is doing this, by His own will and authority alone. So. He says, you have not taken me as though against my will and slain me. But I have slept and took rest and rose, for the Lord will take take me up. I awoke is another blessing. Because many wondered if David would live to see a new day. But he awoke in the true time and manner after a restful sleep. God kept David from danger and preserved him from death. And it is as true now as it was then that God is supporter of life when many sleep. He guards us. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people. Strengths and numbers are nothing against the omnipotence of God. Don't be afraid. If God is with us, who can be against us? David does not attempt to underestimate the number or wisdom of his enemies. No, he's not underestimating them. But he who has made God his refuge certainly has no cause to fear with God sustaining him. David could stand against any enemy because God on his side. So David, before St. Paul wrote it in Romans, David said, if God is for us, who can be against us? David slept and awoke, and his life is still whole in him. Uh, Verse 7 and 8, the last two verses in the psalm. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Amen. David was extremely confident in God. That he feels that the Lord has but to arise and he is saved. All what God just wants to do just to arise. Nothing more. Arise, O Lord. It's enough for God to stand up and everything will be perfect. Though he knew that God had undertaken his defense, yet he knew that his continued protection depends on continual prayer and faith. So David did not say, I know God will protect me and he did not pray because God told us, ask and you shall receive. So he's asking now. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. Many people say, or some people say, if God knows what I need, why should I pray? No, God told us, ask and you shall be answered. His mind was both on what he trusted God to do in the past, and what, uh, sorry, what he trusted God to do in the future, and on what God had done in the past. So when he said, save me, oh my God, that's in the future. For you have struck in the past, you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone, you have broken the teeth of the ungodly. So David knowing what God had done before, this gives David confidence on what the Lord will do in the future. Arise, O Lord God. These are actually mentioned in, in Numbers chapter 10, verse 35, when Moses actually used this phrase when the ark is set out, and we say the same words in the litany of the assemblies. Arise, O Lord God, let your enemies be scattered and let all who hate your name flee before your face. This phrase, Arise, O Lord God, let all your enemies be scattered, and let all who hate your holy name flee before your face, was a military phrase, calling on God to go forth to both defend Israel and to lead them to victory. That's why when we say, the enemies of your holy church, O Lord, as at all times are also we end this with this military phrase, Arise, O Lord God, let your enemies be scattered and let all those who hate your holy name flee before your face. Saint Augustine says it is not it is not said to God arise as if asleep or lying down. God does not sleep. But it is usual in the Holy Scripture to attribute to God what He does in us. So when we say God arise means me. I will arise from the slumber of sleep and recognize the power of God. So that's what God will do in me. Not indeed universally, but where it can be done suitably. Arise, O Lord, my God. As if David say, you are my God. You are my God. By special relation and covenant, I am your son. And your servant and you are my God. And here when he said you have struck the enemies on the cheekbone, you have broken the teeth of the ungodly, he regarded the enemies like wild beasts, like the lion and bear that David actually killed in his youth. So the ungodly, the enemies are represented as wild beasts whose weapons are their jaw and teeth. That is the weapon of of any wild beast. That's why he said, you struck them on their cheekbone, you have broken the teeth of my enemy. So let God break these jaws and teeth, and now they are harmless. Also, the reference may be also to David's long series of victories over the Philistines, over Moab, over Haddadzer, over the Syrians of Damascus over the Adamites, over the Ammonites you have broken the teeth of the ungodly it speaks of the total control and defeat of the enemy they have no power their weapons are gone. breaking the jaws and the teeth are expressions which imply defeating and destroying an enemy treating him with extreme contempt David looked for protection in this song, but more than protection, he looked for victory. He did not tell him just protect me God, but he was looking for victory. It was not enough for David to survive the threat to the kingdom, but he had to be victorious over the threat. He would be with the blessing of God. It is God alone who saves. That's why in verse 8 he said, Salvation belongs to the Lord, nothing else. God alone is the one who saves. Your blessing is upon your people. Those who are saved from the power and guilt of sin are his people. Who are his people when he said, your blessing is upon your people? Your people, those who repented, those who accepted Jesus Christ as their savior and living the life of repentance, these are his people. His mercy, the mercies of God, saved them. It is by his blessing being continually upon them, and they continue to be saved. The blessing of mercy and grace of God. Your blessing is upon your people. This showed David's heart in the time of personal calamity. He is not praying for himself, but he is praying for all the people. Maybe when I am in hardship, I pray for my own salvation, that's what requires my mind. But here people, David, in his calamity, is praying for all the people. He was not only concerned for God's hand upon himself, but upon all God's people. He did not pray for preservation and victory in the trial of Absalom, just for his own sake, but because it was best for the nation. Because if Absalom became the son, the whole nation will be hurt. This prayer reveals the noble heart of a true king, to, him the, to whom the welfare of his people is more important than his own personal safety. Let him of whom he was, uh, David was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, a symbol of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, during his calamity on the cross, he interceded on behalf of those who crucified him. Lord, do not count this sin against them. So Jesus prayed for, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they have done. Uh, And as if the Lord Jesus on the cross said, your people, are not limited only to the loyal few, but even for those who are rebelling right now, but there is potential for them to repent. David started the psalm with complaints of the strength and malice of his enemies. How many uh, those who are against me, why they are increased? But he concluded the psalm with rejoicing in the power and grace of his God. Now sees more with him than against him. He sees people with him, God with him, more than those who are against him. So David turned this dreadful experience of betrayal, emotional pain, and nearly being killed into a song of praise. This teaches us that God can use our worst trials to deepen our trust in him and to produce praises that would encourage his people. This concludes uh, Psalm 3. Quickly I will give a summary in Arabic. مضمور ثلاثة ده عارفين أبشالوم ابن داود كان عمل زي انقلاب ضد أبوه كان عايز ياخذ المملكة منه وأبشلوم قعد يومين قلب الناس قدر يقلب الناس ضد داود وحتى المشيرين زي أخي توفل أبشلون خده في صف عشان كده المزمور ده دا قاله داود وهو هربان من وجه أبشلون والمزمور دا نبوه برضه على ألام السيد المسيح وصلبه وقيامته فداود بيقول يا رب ما أكثر مضايقية كثيرون قاموا علي مش أبشلون بس يا رب اللي ضدي ده أبشالوم وشعب بني إسرائيل كله ضدي ده حتى أخي توفل المشير اللي أنا كنت بأخذ المشهورة بتاعته اتقلب ضده بيعمل مشهورة ضدي ده حتى شامع ابن جيرا شتمني وأنا خارج هربان من أرشالين يا رب ما أكثر مضايقية كثيرون قائمون عليه كثيرون يخرون لنفسي ليس له خلاص بإلهي كتير بيقولوا ان ربنا خلاص تخلّ عن داود الهروب ده دا كان بعد ما داود وقع في خطيط الزنا والقتل فناس كتير افتكرت ان ربنا تخلّ عن داود اي نعم ربنا قال لداود السفر ان يفارق بيتك وده اللي حصل في الوقت ده على فم ناثان لكن ربنا ما تخلىش عن داود فبيقول له يا رب كثيرون لي ليس له خلاص بيناه ده نفس الكلام يقولوا سيد المسيح وقت الصليب يا رب ما أكثر مضايقية كثيرون قاموا عليا اللي أنا شافيت مرضاهم اللي أنا أومت موتاهم اللي أنا أجبعت الجياع بتوحهم النهاردة بيقولوا أسلوبه أسلوبه ويقولوا لما سمع المسيح بيقول إله إله لماذا تركتاني قال انظروا لكي نرى هل ربنا هيخلصوا لو نزل من عن الصليب هنؤمن بين هو ابن الله خلص آخرين ولكن نفسه لم يقدر أن يخلصها قالوا برضو كده ليس سلام خلاص بإلهي لكن داود يقول له لا يا رب بس كل الكلام ده ما هزنيش حتى لو كل الشعب اتقلب ضدي أنا عارف أما أنت يا رب فترسم لي ترس ده هم يمسكوا في الحرب بحيث لما يجوا يبقى فيه سهام يصد السهام بالترس دي فقول يا رب انت ترسي بتاعي اللي بيصور نحوي اي سهم انت بتصد انت يا رب مجدي ورافع رأسي انت يا رب اللي بيدافع عني انا عارف الكلام ده من زمان انت يا رب انا كنت راعي اغنام بسيط انت يا رب مجدتني وعملتني ملك على اسرائيل انت رفعت رأسي بين اسرائيل هتتخلى عني مش معقول لما شاول كان بيهاجمني عمرك ما تخليت عني أما أنت يا رب فترسن لي بصوتي إلى الرب أصرخ فيجيبني من جبل قدسه أنا متعود أن أنا صال لربنا وفي كل مرة صليت لربنا ربنا استجاب لي من جبل القدس استجاب لي من أورشليم أي نعم هو بعيد عن أورشليم هو هرب من أورشليم من وكة أبشالوم لكن عارف قد إيه ربنا وكم مرة ربنا استجابه ايضا الايات دي تنطبق على السيد المسيح ان السيد المسيح عمره يعني هو والأب الاب واحد فكان عارف ان الاب معاه آه... قالتأتي لحظه آه... انكم كلكم هتتركوني ولكن انا لست وحدي لان الاب معي الاب معي مش هتخلى عني أنا والآب واحد والآب مجد الإبن مجده بالقيامة لما قام من الأموات وصعد إلى السماوات جلس عن يمين الآب في عظمه ومجد أعطاه اسم يفوق كل اسم ما في السماوات وما على الأرض وما تحت الأرض صلى المسيح في جثمان زي ما داود بيصلي هنا وبولس الرسول في عبرانيين يقول على له من أجل تقوى عن الابن يسوع المسيح يستجيبني من جبل قدسه جبل القدس ترمز إلى أورشليم أو كنيسة أو السماء أورشليم السماوية أنا اترجعت ونمت استيقظت لأن الرب يعذبني. داود أي واحد بيبع عنده مشكلة النوم بيهرب منه ولكن مش قادر ينام. لما انا اتطقعت ونمت ان انا واثق في ربنا انا رميت كل حملي على ربنا ربنا قال تعالوا اليي جميع المتعبين وثقيل الاحمال وانا اريح فانا رميت حملي على ربنا ففي اخر النوم اليوم اتطقعت ونمت نمت مش نمت قطع لا انا نمت وارتحت لان انا مطمن مع حياتي مع ربنا واستيقظت ما واحد غدر بي وانا نايم قتلني لأنا نمت واستيقصت لأ أن الربي عضدني لأن ربنا هو اللي بيحمي عني ربنا هو اللي بيدافع عني أنا الطجعت وانا ديمت سما استيقصت لأن الرب عضد ليه دي برضو على السيد المسيح أنا الطجعت ونمت يعني أنا نمت موت على الصليب واستيقصت أنا قمت من الأموات لأن الربي عضد لأن لقاد معي أنا انتجعت فيها إرادة يعني بكامل إرادتي زي المسيح قال على نفسه الصول بتاعته النفس بتاعته قال ليس أحد ياخدها مني لي سلطان أن أضحها ولي سلطان أن أخذها أضحها في الموت وأخذها في القيام فالآية دي برضه على الدفن والموت والقيمة احنا ابونا يوم جمع عظيمة وهو بيدفن ايقونة الدفن في اخر اليوم في الساعه ثانية عشر احنا بتصلي كل المزهين ثلاغ الشامسة وزاعه 150 المزمور على الشعب ابونا بعد ما خلص الدفن يقول المزمور الاول والمزمور الثاني ويجي المزمور الثالث يقول لغاية اية خمسة النص الاولان يقول انا تجعت وانت ما يكملش لأن الاستقاث دي على القيامة فيقول أنا اتجعت ونمت ويوقف هنا ما يكملش بعدها يبقى الكنيسة فهمة المزمور ده ان ده نبو على المسيح ويقولك لا أخاف من ربوات الشعوب المصطفين علي من حولي يعني لو عشرات الالوف وقفين ضدي أنا مش خايف لأن ربنا معي إن كان الله معنا فمن علي مزمور الرب نوره وخلاص يقول ممن أخاف إن يحاربني جيش فلن يخاف قلبي وإن قام علي القتال ففي هذا أنا أتمنى يوم ما مر دا شاول بالجيش بتاعه حارب دولي ومقدرش عليه ملك بجيش مقدرش على دولي لأن الرب هو ناصري لا أخاف من ربوات الشبو. الشعوب المصطفين عليهم طيب هل معنى إن الواحد واثق في ربنا؟ ده ما يخلوش يعني يطلب طلبات من ربنا لا ربنا قال اسأله تعطوه اطلبه تاجده مش كده قال له قم يا رب خلصني إله اه انا واسق من ربنا هيخلصني بس ده ما يلغيش ان انا اطلب من ربنا قم يا رب ده اللي كان موسى بيقولها لما يرتحروا بتابوت العهد كان يقول قم ايها الرب والإله ولينتفرد جميع عدائك رب من أمامك كل مبغضي اسمك الكبوس دي كان بيعتبروها هتاف عسكري الكنيسة خدت الهتاف ده وبتقوله في وشية الاجتماعات بتقوله بعد إيه بعد ما بنقول أعداء بيعتك المقدسه يا رب مثلك كل زمان والآن أزل لهم حل تعظم ومعرفهم بعفهم سريعا إلى آخره فبعد ما كده أبونا يرفع بخور على المذبح وقول له قم أيها الرب والإله ليتفرج جميع أدائك وليهرب من أمام وكك كل مبغضي اسمك الكدوس بعدين يبص للشعب يقوله أما شعبك فليكن بالبركة ألوف ألوف ربوات ربوات يصنعون إردتك زي ما هنا في آية 8 قال على شعبك بركة قم قديس أغسيني سيقول ليس معنا أن ربنا كان نايم وآم استحالة لكن يقولك معناها أني يا رب في جوايا انا لو نسيتك حرك جوايا ان انا اشعر بيك لان ممكن واحد ينطفئ روح جوايا فقم يا رب يعني اتحرك يا رب جوايا قم يا رب ويقولوا يعني كيفان ربنا يقوم كل حاجة تتحق مش عايز يعمل اكتر من كده قم يا رب خلصني يا إلهي لأنك ضربت كل أعداء على الفك هشمت أسنان الأشرار هنا بيشبه الأعداء بحيوانات مفترسة الحيوانات المفترسة لو أنت ضربته على الفك ما هو السلاح بتاعه الفك بتاعه فلو أنت ضربته على الفك بتاعه وهشمت أسنانه بيفقد قوته مش كده مثلا داود لما هجم عليه الدب والأسد من الفاك بتاعه قتلوا فبقول يا رب انت عدائي انت دربتهم على الفك هشمت اسنان الاشرار يعني خليتهم يفقدوا كل اسلحتهم هنا داود مش مجرد بيطلب حماية ربنا بس انما بيعايز نصره ديني يا رب نصره وخلي بالك اللي بيطلبوا في المستقبل مبني على خبرته الماضية في المستقبل بقوله قم يا رب خلصني إلهي لأن خبرتي في الماضي أنك ضربت أعدائي على الفات هشمت أسنان الأشفر بعدين يختب آخر آية للرب الخلاص الخلاص لا في القوة ولا في الفلوس ولا في العدد ولا في الوسائد الرب للرب الخلاص الرب نوري وخلاص ممن أفهمه خلي ايمانك في ربنا وبعد كده داود يقول له على شعبك بركتك ربما لما الواحد مننا بيكون في ضيقة بيطلب لنفسه بس بس داودين مش بيطلب نفسه بيطلب البركة للشعب كله كملك امين لشعبه فبيطلب بركة ربنا لكل الشعب ده زي المسيح على الصليب صلى من أجل اللصالبية أبتاء اغفر لهم لأنهم لا يدرون ماذا يفعلون ودود كان عارف أن من مصلحة الشعب يعني هم مش عايز يرجع تاني للمملكه حب في المملكة عارف أن أبشلون كملك ده مش لمصلحة الشعب فهو عايز يرجع للمملكة من أجل مصلحة الشعب ده الملك الأمين اللي بيحط مصلحة الشعب أكتر من مصلحته الشخصية ده ينهي كده مزمور تلاتة لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد إنه